real estate is local. It really is. So one thing, when you look at all of these sort of big stats about, about money and cost of money and, and you know, home ownership length of homeownership is a perfect example. You really have to know your area. As a realtor, you've got to know your area because it's like, you know, I've heard a bunch of people say it's like a national weather forecast. You couldn't say like, oh, well, the weather today in the nation is X. It wouldn't make any sense. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hello again, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui back with my friend Paul Morris today to talk yes. more state of the market and real estate news. Paul, how's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. The I'm glad we were able to connect today to get to chat. But you, you know, and but really, I mean, just to start off, there were some really cool podcasts that you recently did some interviews on. You know, we had a you had a film crew out there. They're gonna yeah. be great for our YouTube page and some of those other things. Tell me, it looked like some pretty fun stuff. Tell the, the people that haven't heard those. And one of them just published a couple of days ago. One of them's coming this coming Friday. What was that like? Who were you interviewing? So the first one was with Jeffrey Sod, and Jeffrey Sod has. Uh, an incredible career as a realtor, but he started out on the Food Network. So he was a uh, he was a Food Network star, obviously very charismatic, great on screen. One of the things I love about him is he moved to a totally new place. He moved from San Francisco to LA, not knowing anybody, and he built his business from zero to one million dollars in net, not GCI, but one million dollars net in six years. So he talks about the whole ramp up from basically, you know, from zero to, to total rock star. Uh, really great. Yeah. You know, it totally makes sense. That guy was on the Food Network on video. He was awesome. I mean, if you guys haven't gone and seen it yet, or you haven't gone and checked out the YouTube page yet, this would be one of the first ones to do it that you'll be like, wow, it looked like a ton of fun they had and, and lots of great info in there. Yeah, yeah. We didn't need, I didn't need acting lessons. I just tried to do what Jeffrey did and it was all good. <laughs> Just mirror the, yeah. uh, well, that is awesome. So the, well, you know, I am, like I said, I was, I had so much fun listening to those and seeing them and I can't wait for more people to get to see them on the YouTube page, but, yeah. the, but I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to be able to meet with you so we could talk news like, like we have been our last few weeks. And right the, first I wanted to start with, uh, with one we have talked about kind of several times, you know, when you know, me and Pat Hyben, you know, last month we were talking about this. Uh, I think maybe you and I talked about it a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, but there's been a whole lot of stuff in the news about pocket listings oh, yeah. and the, you know, the pocket listing bans and the, and the, you know, last month the, the real, the, you know, the realtor association said, Hey, they're going to make it illegal anywhere. So this article Inman on February 4th says bright M bright MLS no fines issued as pocket listing ban kicks in. So this is the mid Atlantic group. So back before even all the realtors voted that they were going to do this, I think it's back in October, November, the article says they said they were going to make it illegal to do pocket listings, uh -huh. which really means if you offer, you know, if you say, Hey, you can buy this house for a hundred thousand dollars, you have to put it on the MLS within 24 hours or they're going to fine you $5,000. Now, right. 
everybody was super stressed out about that. You know, it's going to change the world. There's so many you know, wholesalers out there is going to totally change their business plan. They, but the law came into effect now for them, you know, just a few days ago. And they said that, you know, since it started, nobody's violated, nobody's actually had to been fined $5,000. What do you think about the pocket listing ban? What do you think it's going to do to all these, you know, wholesale companies and things like that? I think that, uh, well, first of all, when they said, you know, no, no, uh, no fines issued, I was like, wow, does that mean they're not enforcing it? But actually it had, yeah, exactly, right. That's a good question. Yeah. It had exactly the opposite effect. And that is that, um, people just stopped doing it. They did not want to be hit with that $5,000 fine. So it just goes to show you what a little bit of government regulation can do really changing the landscape of a market. Um, first and foremost, I think that, you know, the idea behind it is quite good because we want to make sure that people are getting a fair shake on their on their uh, on their house. So you know the idea of hey we'll just you know we'll quietly list it. It gives some realtors the opportunity to double end it, which takes the opportunity away from lots of other realtors. Number one and number mm -hmm. two, it really it really can negatively affect buyers and sellers. So I think all in all, uh, pretty good policy. Now in terms of the wholesalers. You know, I see a lot of folks going direct to uh, homeowners on that sort of thing. So I don't know that the pocket listing is really going to uh, negatively affect them in the long run. I think I'll, you, you'll see a pivot from them. That's my view. What do you think on that? Yeah, you know, one of the, the easy workarounds I was thinking was you just you know, you're, you just can't be a real estate agent, right? Yeah. So so if yeah. you're oh, yeah. you know, yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm an investor. I'm, I'm not an agent. Like I, I, I love what agents do and what realtors do out there, yeah. but the, but there's some added kind of flexibility you get. So I think that that's just the ultimate loophole. If somebody really wants to be a wholesaler yeah. and they can't be a real, they can't be a real licensed agent using the MLS. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you're, you're thinking, right. You're really thinking uh, practicality of it. And I think that is a good point. We'll see how that plays out. That would be, that'd be awfully rough if we saw that. I don't, I don't see that happening on a wide Swath, but interesting point for sure. Really, yeah. really. I mean, I, I, and my personal, I think it's a great law. I mean, I, mean, I think that, yeah. I think that overall the, you know, pocket, you know, pocket listings, it's, it's not the best way to represent your, you know, your, your, your client. You know, and, yeah. and, and, I'm, and of oh, course yeah. there's exceptions to it. And there's some people that are so good at doing it that maybe it's yeah. going to make the price go up even more, yeah. but it's not supply and demand. When everybody sees it out there, more people are going to make an offer on it. So yeah, they, yep, that's right. Yeah. So Perfect yeah. So the fines are out there. Now they're doing it so far. It's worked. Nobody, is, it's not that they're not, you know, enforcing it. It's nobody's doing it. So we will see more over the next few months as more agents and places start to do it. The, um, yeah, so let's, let's jump on to something else. The, you know, there was, there was some other, other news. So the San Francisco, this was on Bloomberg news. It says the Transamerica right. tower sold to a New York city developer. Did, did you take a look at that at all? Did you see much about that? Yeah. You know, these sorts of things always amaze me because, you know, I know you're an investor. I'm an investor. I'm always looking at the value add play. So like, Oh, Hey, what's the, you know, let's get something that's kind of rough around the edges. Let's maximize it. You know, something's not being maximized. Right. And then I see people uh, make these plays on really marquee properties and they are paying an absolute premium for a marquee property. This is a property that um, they tried to sell, uh, I think it was a 49% stake in it before and they failed. And now, you know, lo and behold, they get, they get, a, they get a pretty big number for, uh, for a tower that a lot of people think is, you know, just butt ugly uh, for starters, you know, kind of an eyesore at the time that they built it. Um, they really had a backlash against buildings that tall. It was, you know, sort of like a space needle kind of thing. And, um, you know, and then here you see a guy 
pull down a really big price. Interesting that he and his partners have also paid big money, for example, for the Coca-Cola building in Manhattan. So he's, he's accumulating these like marquee properties. And I do see it work for other people, uh, not, my, not, not, not my taste uh, or style of investing, but it works. Yeah, so the price is about $700 million. So if you've seen San Francisco or seen the skyline, it is the really tall, skinny pyramid, like the big, yeah. the big triangle building. And yeah, you know, I think a few years ago when I started looking at apartment complexes and, you know, there's kind of different levels of assets that people bought. And there were people, you know, people would buy assets for, you know, the cap rate. And they'd buy it for the return and they'd buy these B and C class for a high cap rate. And then they'd buy these A and B class for a lower cap rate, but buildings that were nice and safe. And then they have these other investments that people would buy because they wanted their name on that real estate. Then maybe the cap rate was super low, like two or three, but this was an asset that they could go show other people and go, Hey, we own this. And it sounds, and and maybe that's the, maybe that's the play here. Maybe it's more of a, something that you could be proud of less of a real estate investment and more of a, a big deal. Yeah, I see that around, you know, being right here in Los Angeles. I, I watched them do it on Third Street Promenade where we just couldn't figure out how to make this particular property go at $27 million for a small piece on the, on the Third Street Promenade. And lo and behold, they get an Apple uh, store uh, lease there and they, they sold it at what was almost like it's almost a zero cap, you know, and you're just like, wow, how's that possible? But people want that marquee, uh, they want that marquee piece of property. Yeah, yes, but you know, especially in those big places, you know, places like you know California and New York, they might not get the cap rates, but they those are places that are really known for that real estate appreciation. I, I met a doctor once that owned so much real estate in San Francisco, and he said every year he loses, every month he would lose money on it, and he'd pay a little bit extra money toward it. Then every few years he'd make a million dollars to sell on the thing. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that appreciation that just it just doesn't stop in 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 some of these marquee areas, top notch yeah. areas. Well, it really is interesting news. Next time I see the San Francisco skyline, I'm going to think about that. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. This is a quote from Mr. Bill Reek, who took my certified listing agent program. He says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level. Listen, I've closed 100% of the appointments since I took Pat Hyben's certified listing agent. Five appointments, five new clients in 60 days. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Now you can get the certified listing agent course. You can get the certified buyer agent course, which tells you how to close every single buyer that calls in if you want them. You get the certified team agent course, which teaches you how to build a dynamite team like Jeff Cohn, who teaches the course. It's like a 10-hour course from Omaha, Nebraska, Berkshire Hathaway's top agent, and seven other courses. Total of 11 courses, all five-star rated, only 97 bucks a month. If you paid for them individually on the website, they would cost over $10,000. And we are running a special now at futureofrealestatetraining.com where you can get them for $97 a month. That's all you can eat, $97 a month, all these courses. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com. Futureofrealestatetraining.com. Check it out. Rockstar Nation, this is a great time to leverage yourself and hire a virtual assistant. 
I'm talking about my Outdesk. If you haven't heard of my Outdesk, basically they are a virtual assistant company, a VA company that specializes in virtual assistants for real estate agents. Yeah, I'm talking about transaction coordinators, marketing assistants. I'm talking about ISAs, inside sales agents at Prospect, thousands and thousands of seller leads and buyer lead follow-ups. I mean, these guys are trained in this stuff specifically. You're not using a company that doesn't know or understand real estate sales. Four out of five of the top teams in the U.S. use my Outdesk for their virtual assistants. And because I know the owner, Daniel Ramsey, I've known him for over a decade, and I know how awesome and incredible this company is and how it saves agents thousands and thousands of dollars every single week and makes them thousands and thousands of more every single week, we're going to give you a $400 coupon off of your first month of a virtual assistant and give you access and give you a free book entitled Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. So you can like read it and look into it before you decide anything. It's called Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And you can get it real easy. All you got to do is text the word HIBAN, H-I-B-A-N, to 31996. That's H-I-B-A-N to 31996. And download your free book, Scaling Your Business with Virtual Professionals. And don't forget to mention also that you get a $400 discount, which will give you a coupon for that when you download the book. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoy and make a ton of money using my Outdesk. Back to an Inman article. So we've got Marcus on Economy article says Americans are staying in their homes longer. So that was this week. It says homeowners, especially those in Connecticut, are staying in their homes longer and reaping the benefits of a more robust price appreciation. Uh, it said the length of stay in a home hit a, hit a hot new high in 2019. Homeowners who sold in the fourth quarter of 2019 owned their homes for an average of eight years. Wow. Yeah. Eight years. What do you think is causing that? What do you, you know, what's, what, what's behind it? You know, I look at, I look and, and there's just been periods of time where, um, you know, the millennials are just moving more and more and, and people, you know, you go all the way back into history and people were staying put a lot more. So we've had this trend for a very, very long time where, you know, back in the day, people would sort of stay put in their hometown and now people are moving. There's so much more mobility from city to city job, people following jobs, in different cities. Uh, people just deciding that they're going to move from, you know, inner city to the suburbs or suburbs to inner city is so much more movement. And then to watch it kind of, the, the pendulum swing back the other direction, very interesting. It's interesting. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the reason behind that? Yeah, you know, it, or why are they selling now, right? So yeah. I think, you know, prices have been going up so far. Yep. And so people that have been holding their houses for eight years like, you know, why are they finally deciding to sell? So I have to imagine that they're seeing this huge price appreciation yeah. and they're starting to feel like maybe, you know, their, their house, essentially, if they bought their house eight years ago, their house yeah. has been appreciating since Absolutely. 2012. So it's been going up and going up and every year it's Absolutely. that extra thing. And, and maybe now they're, they're either feeling like, hey, it's a good time to cash out or, or maybe they're feeling like the market's going to slow. You know, maybe it's a little bit of bet. I don't know. That seems like, uh, it ha you know, the, the, the price appreciation has to be a factor in what pushes them them out to do that. 
the uh, you know some Pat and I talked about uh, maybe a couple months ago on a similar topic was at that time they were saying you know property taxes were, uh-huh. was what was keeping people from buying it you know for, or from selling their houses because uh-huh. you know in California you could be locked in if you bought that house for three hundred grand and it's worth a million bucks now your property taxes are based on that three hundred thousand dollar purchase price you know yes. it, they can't just increase it places like Texas they increase it every year. Yeah, uh, based on what they think it's worth. So, uh, you know, maybe in places like California, I could see people waiting and waiting because if they're just going to sell their house for a million dollars and buy a new house for a million dollars, their property tax goes way up. But this isn't saying, you know, that it was, it, you know, I guess California was some of it. So it's the top 10 U.S. markets, mm-hmm. you know, so Connecticut was all the top ones. It said Norwich, New London, New Haven, Connecticut, uh, Torrington, Connecticut, uh, you know, Springfield, uh, but then down at the the ones that still made the list in the top 10 were Santa Cruz, California, Santa Rosa, California, Thousand Oaks, California. Oh, okay. so, the, so it could be a little bit about price appreciation, other stuff, but but maybe people are just being more content in their house. But it, it's it, it's kind of baffling. I, I, I think that, but it, I think it, it has to, a lot to do with the way the market is. I think maybe in 2012, yeah. it felt like, you know, everything was, was, fixed people had learned their lessons they bought these new houses and then they just saw appreciation for them so why move and and you know the other thing too which i found a little bit confusing about that news is you know they're staying in their home but but if they move you know it doesn't mean they're it doesn't mean they're they're cashing out are they then moving are they moving up are they getting something bigger that's not cashing out are they move you know it would be moving down or going into an apartment it didn't really say where they were landing so i had that that question and the, the other interesting thing, too, is uh, I know, again, we talked a little bit about another news story, and that was just that home ownership has reached uh, this massive high. And I know, you've got, I know you've got the stats on that. I think I, it was 65, just over 65.1% now is really a, a high in, in, what, about six years? Is that right? Yeah, so that, that's right. So that's a Bloomberg article. Home ownership rate in the U.S. Uh, climbs the highest since 2013. Okay. Nationwide rate was 65%, the biggest since the end of 2013. Second straight inc- increase, climbing from 64 in the previous three months. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, that, that is wild, you know, as, right. as home, home ownership goes up because that's not what you actually hear about in the media, right? The, I, yeah, that's usually, I, I was surprised by that because it seems like there's so much like bad news out there with real estate or these companies owning houses and people are having to rent, but the homeownership, you know, homeownership rate is the highest since 2013. Yeah, totally amazing. I think, you know, there's some very obvious facts on that. You know, one would think if you, if you sort of put your hand over the number and said, Hey Paul, what do you think it is? You know, I would have guessed less. I really would have, because as we get into a market, the price goes up and up and up you know, the affordability index gets out of whack, which is really one of the number one predictors in whether our market's overheated or not. And you're really out of whack with the, with the, with the price affordability index. So I take my hand off of that. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, the highest amount of home ownership since 2013. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So the only thing I can attribute that to is it's got to be the low interest rates. Yeah. And yeah, and, and it is in the lower price markets. It's the first time home buyers, it's people that haven't owned, uh, owned homes before uh, or, or traditionally and now getting into more homeownership. And it's just because, you know, credit is getting a little bit easier and money is get, continues to be at an all-time low. And people look at the, they don't look at the price as much as they look at how much is it going to cost per month, which makes total sense. Yeah, the you know, and we've been talking about mortgage rates a lot over the past few weeks, right? Oh, like, because yeah. there has been a lot of news in that. So the 
Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, you talked a lot about that supply and demand, but as rates go down, affordability goes up. Somebody that could not afford a starter home last week can afford one this week. And so that has to be something that's impacting that. But again, but counterintuitive, because I thought this whole, you know, there's so many new you know, people out there that are choosing to rent instead of buy. And there was so much in the news about, you know, affordability and things like that. So I think that's, I think overall that's good news. I think I'm a, I'm a fan of home ownership. I'm a fan of investors too, oh, right? The but oh, I'm a fan of people owning houses oh, yeah. and people buying houses. And the uh, I think that that was a pretty cool stat. I was surprised by it. Yeah, very very cool. And I totally agree with you. It's the first thing that I talk to people about when they're talking about investing. I talk to them about you know, do you own your own home? And if not, that's the place to start for sure. Yep. Yeah, that's the first place to. Yeah, it, you know, I, I waited way too long to. I had, I had, I had flipped so many houses before I actually lived in a house that I owned, and the. Uh, but I've, I've gained may, way more in value, long term value, from having those ones that I live in too. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now I've just written a book, and it's just been published co-authored it with david osborne who's been on this show multiple times if you don't know david he is one of the top execs at keller williams real estate was personally mentored for the last two decades by gary keller himself and he's in all kinds of businesses his bio and explanation and everything is in this book but anyways david and i got together we decided to write a book we called it tribe of millionaires and i guarantee you it's going to change your life to find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. Rockstar Nation, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to stay to the end where our guests will be offering a free gift. As you know, all of our guests offer a free gift, and all of these gifts can be found on the Agent Success Toolbox. You could find that by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply texting the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. I am going to put today's free gift in today's show notes, but if you want all of them, including gifts from most of our guests that have come on the show, just go to the Agent Success Toolbox. You know, one of the funny things of, of, uh, of the article the, that was talking about, you know, how eight, you know, eight years is there, it also puts some stats in here of there's a few cities that people lived in uh, for much, much less. So it was like Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, you know, everybody that sold in the fourth quarter last year, average age of the, that they owned the home was a year. Wow. Or Colorado Springs, Colorado. So wow. all the people that sold in December this year, they, you know, on average, they bought in December last year. So there's a wow. handful of places where all of the sales in, in, in the fourth quarter uh, were down to just months, which was just great. San Antonio, one and a half, one and a half years of ownership. Grand Rapids, a year of ownership. So that's on the opposite end of the spectrum, and there's less of those places. But that's that that stuff's really interesting to me too. I mean, the if you were going to be an investor or an agent, would you what, what would you look at differently if you were saying, hey, 
there's only you know people are selling after owning a year uh, their house for only a year. What's what's that? What's that about? Well, uh, one one thing it's a little a little bigger picture thing, and that is you know real estate is local. It really is. So one thing when you look at all of these sort of big stats about about money and cost of money and and you know homeownership length of homeownership is a perfect example. You really have to know your area. As a realtor, you've got to know your area because it's like, you know, I've heard a bunch of people say it's like a national weather forecast. You couldn't say like, oh, well, the weather today in the nation is X. It wouldn't make any sense. So it's really a local market. You've got to get in there. So in other words, Colorado Springs as opposed to New Haven, Connecticut, you know, two totally different worlds in terms of how long people are holding houses. So you got to know your market. Um, and, and a national statistic is just going to be meaningless when you look at, at those two things. Yeah. Know your, know your market and look at it. Yeah. Cause we're going to, we do some of that big picture news, but it's also fun yeah. to see those stats that are the total opposite yeah, just yeah. to remind us that, Hey, this could be happening in 90% of the country, but don't go invest over here just because it's doing that way over there. Don't, you know, don't, don't do it that way. So great advice to all the agents out there to stay local. The, just a couple more things we, we were going to talk about yeah. t- today that were pretty interesting. We've been talking about iBuyers and instant offers and so much over the past few months. It seems like it is all over the news. And the and Inman, did you see that article, Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, now with their own instant offer option? Yeah, instant offer. And you know, one that was very cool and interesting was the, was the offer lock, right? You remember that? The offer lock is where, so obviously we know what an instant offer is. They're going to say, hey, you know, here's your offer. We'll close in 14 days, done deal, uh, period. Um, but the offer lock is they give, you, uh, they give you a price and you have a certain amount of time. And I think it was 100, 100, do you have that stuff? 150 days. Like th- this is the first time I've seen this. Wow. So you give me 150 days. So like, hey, we'll give you this price and go ahead, run around, shop it around. And, you know, 100, that, that price is good for 150 days. So really, uh, you know, interesting for sure. Yeah, there's so they would so, and I think the way that it, it reads, it says the there is a quick buy lock option, which right. after they give them the offer, it'll give sellers time to try to sell the home for a better price if they want for 150 days. But if they can't, it lets them fall back on the initial offer. Like that is crazy. So somebody right. says, "Hey, I'll give you 150 thousand bucks for your house," and you say, "You know, what? I'm going to try to list it for a little while first, and yeah. then, and then four months later." You could say, because that happens every time we try to sell a house. You know, as an agent, oh, yeah. there's always that time you're like, oh, we should have accepted that first offer. Now it's too late and we're stale. And that's like going, no, you could actually four months later come back and say, hey, we changed our mind. We do want to take the offer. That will totally, I mean, I, I, I want to learn more about the fine details yes. of that because that totally sets their offer deal apart from any Correct. of the ones I've seen so far. Correct. Correct. And it's going to give, uh, it's going to give an advantage to, uh, to that firm. There's no question. I, I, I always look at it and go, hmm, how are they going to, like, how does this make sense financially? And sometimes it's just to get the business advantage. Yeah. The, it is, uh, and, you know, there's so much real estate software, real estate technology, yeah. different things yeah. out there. I mean, now when you go on Zillow, there is way more about let us try to buy your house than there is real estate in- info. I don't know. I don't know how often you check that site out, but it has been changing so much over the past few months. Yeah. Um, so the, so the, the last article I wanted to talk about maybe ties a lot of that stuff together. So the, it was, you know, at the end, end of last month on Inman, says big money and MLS disruption are here oh, to yeah. stay. Experts yep. said Friday that the multiple listing service landscape is likely to see continued technology innovation as well as consolidation in the future. The, uh, what, do you, what do you think about that? Did you, did you see that article? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing there is it's just, uh, you know, over time, we see consolidation so that, that uh, you know, the little MLSs cannot compete because they don't have the money and the staff and the technology to, you know, to compete against something even, you know, a big MLS, let alone Zillow. I mean, I just had, you know, in one of the recent interviews that I did, I, I, I talked to, uh, it was Jeffrey Saad that was talking about that and just said, hey, you know what, even... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Our, our MLS is great. We've got a giant MLS. They do, you know, decent job. But we just, we, we, we go to Zillow and check out the latest news, you know, on, on, on pricing and what's for sale. And, and they're, they're updating so much faster. So, yeah, I do think, I do think the push is going to be for, and, and really better service, right? Service yeah. has got to be better for the MLS. And, we, and, and really, the in, in my mind, I think it only helps the consumer. It, it, you know, it only helps everybody. You know, I live in Austin, and there's a few of these areas near Austin where there could be three different MLSs for one city, yeah. right? And, and the and and people go, oh no, I have my. If they list your house, they're like, oh, it's only on one of the MLSs instead. And they go, well, my membership is over here. I don't pay for all three memberships. So it might not be on this guy's site or this guy's site, but it usually is on Zillow or Redfin or one of those other ones. And so by trying to keep them separate, they're actually kind of hurting the consumer or, or hurting their own their own MLS. And with all the technology and innovation out there, to me, it's like, I, I feel like it'll be better for everybody if more of them consolidate, team up, you know, share that data because the uh, because the sites that are doing that, the sites that are really boosting that technology, you know, the Zillows of the world, they are taking away from those local MLSs because they were the ones that said, let's consolidate, let's share all the information instead of keeping it secret. I mean, it's always baffling to me when people are like, no, I, I, you, 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 they see a for sale sign in the yard and they'll call me and go, well, it's not in the MLS, you know, the, that, we, that we're seeing. It's like, well, which MLS are you looking at? That's crazy. You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah that's a perfect – you use a perfect example uh, for Austin, which is, you know, it's a, it's a nice-sized city. However, three MLSs is crazy. And I, what I think about in those instances is you've got, like, you know, these sort of territorial dinosaurs just hanging onto their turf, and they don't care. You know, it, it, they, they're able to hang onto their little piece of the pie – and they'll sort of ride it down into the ground. And I'm going to tell you, that's where it's going unless they really innovate and open their doors and, and consolidate. Yeah. It was talking, you know, some of the differences it talked about is like they have, it, you know, it's challenging to be an MLS because they have to cater to both the 10 person shop, but also massive companies like Keller Williams. And so yeah. the talk about in other parts of business, we're, we're, look, we're like, who's our avatar? Who's our ideal client? Who's our ideal customer? Who am I really meant to serve? And then, but you can't have anything more dramatic than that of you, you know, the one, the one person brokerage compared to a whole brokerage of, of hundreds of agents. How many agents are, are in your office? Oh, well, my office is combined with 3,000 agents, but that's, that's over 16 offices. But yeah, really huge. Like our Beverly Hills office has more than 300. Right. That is freaking incredible. That's why, one of the reasons I love doing the news with you because you yeah. know so much about what's going on in real estate just from that. But I mean, but that alone, right, is the challenge that different MLSs have when it's like the type of customer and client they want to cater for because a big office like yours is capable of building their own front-faced, you know, website oh, yeah. that ties into the multiple MLSs that they have to and so the, it just makes it, you know, innovation. The, I'm excited to see what continues to play yeah. out. There's a lot of people that are, you know, non MLS companies that are now launching software that agents are choosing to kind of use instead or launch inside right. MLSs. The, right. Uh, I think this year we're going to see a lot more of that. 
Yeah, and that's where you really have something that that uh, you know people refer to as a category king. I mean, you've got to really own that space. And being second, third, fourth place in an area like that, you want to be the go-to. You want to have all the information. You know, the folks that are in their little corner hoarding the information, they're gonna they're just gonna die out. No question. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Well. Paul, the that was the state of the market. That was the news yeah. I wanted. To, I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, you know, this week. The I'm sure we'll be back next week. And the and for real estate rock stars out there, the come. You know, make sure to go check out our YouTube page. You know, come find us. You know, the, the our podcast hybendigital.com. You'll see links over to our other stuff. Check us right. out at re rock stars on Instagram. Real estate rock stars on YouTube. You can find Paul on Instagram. Paul, what's your your Instagram handle? It's Paul Mark, M-A-R-K Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. So Paul Mark Morris. And, and come find me over there too. The, so it's, it's my whole last name. You just start typing it, A-A-R-O-N, Aaron Amuchastegui. When you start that last name, it'll autofill. You'll find wow. it. You'll see my real estate tips in there. You'll say links to the best podcasts that we do and a lot of the other things out there. But be sure to continue to check us out and listen to you know Paul's live interviews that he did last week and that's publishing this coming Friday. Some right. super, superstar agents on there. A lot of fun. And uh, you we've get to see more uh, stuff that we're got, doing. Yeah, we've got Tammy Park. And she's such a rock star. She does, you know, 600 million in real estate a year. Uh, one of the top teams in the whole United States, uh, definitely top team in California. So to hear her just sort of tell her philosophy, how she does things, you know, it, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. And that one was another one of those live interviews yeah. with the, with the camera crews there just to yeah. try to, you know, create an even higher value for, you know, the YouTube page and the interview. So check it out, Paul. Awesome chatting with oh, you, man. man. And the, and I'll catch you again next week. Okay. Thanks a lot. Rockstar Nation. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful please I need you to pull out your pointing finger yes the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.